Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. The NFC Championship is here for the first time in five years. It's back in Philadelphia. It will be the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the San Francisco 49ers. We got a lot to talk about. And I want to start this off with something that actually has absolutely zero to do with the game. And... Again, obviously, that is the primary concern here. I mean, everybody cares this week about beating the San Francisco 49ers, but people are shooting their mouth again. And it's now to the point where I like to talk about it simply out of defense. And it's defense for Jalen Hurts. I don't know what else Jalen Hurts has to do. But these, and these, by the way, are former players. They are morons, they are pathetic. I mean, really, they are absolutely pathetic. That's what they are. One way more than the other. One, I think, is just an idiot. The other is an absolutely pathetic moron. And the pathetic moron is Chris Sims. He is the absolute biggest loser in sports, quotations here, media. Uh, he, what was it, two years ago, that famous list? And we've talked about this idiot before, but his list of, oh, Jalen Hurts wasn't in the top 40 quarterbacks in the NFL. This was, by the way, after he had started four games for the Eagles in 2020. Kellen Mond was on this list before him. That should tell you all you need to know. I don't know what Jalen Hurts did to Chris Sims. I don't know what agenda Chris Sims decided he needed to have against Jalen Hurts. And it's absolutely pathetic we have to talk about him, but he, he is a national... Uh, a media figure here. He is on NBC every week before the Sunday night game. This guy has a, a legitimate platform, and he is a legitimate loser. Um, so then this year, he had him, what, 25 on his list. And again, who gives a damn its rankings? I know we do them in the summer here. I do them. Literally, I tell everybody, take them with an absolute grain of salt. They mean absolutely nothing. Nothing. They are no reflection. Essentially what they are is just a reflection of the previous season. It's not even a projection. But regardless, he has him 25 and the guys below. Whatever. Who cares? My issue becomes Jalen Hurts was clearly the best player in the NFL this year. The Eagles were fifth or 14 and 1 with him as a starter. 15 and 1 if you include the first round or the second round here of the playoffs where they beat the Giants. That's 16 games, 15 and one in games Jalen Hurts started, and 0 and two conveniently in games Jalen Hurts did not. And he has the audacity this week to say that if Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts switched teams, the result would have been the same. It wouldn't have been much different, if different at all. Daniel Jones is not as good a runner as Jalen Hurts, but it's pretty damn close. These are his words. And Daniel Jones is clearly a better passer. That is ignorance to a, a level you cannot comprehend. First of all, it's absolutely pathetic. Jalen Hurts, by the way, his strength of being an absolute phenomenal runner of the football, to even put Daniel Jones in his class is disrespectful to Jalen Hurts. It's disrespectful to a guy like Cam Newton, uh, Michael Vick. Uh, again, Daniel Jones can move. He had 100 yards, or almost 100 yards rushing, whatever it was, against Minnesota. 
I am not sitting here and saying Daniel Jones isn't an athlete. He is. Jalen Hurts is an exceptional runner of the football. Just because Daniel Jones can run, he does not run like Jalen Hurts. He does not put his shoulder down like Jalen Hurts does. He does not he did not master this quarterback sneak that Jalen Hurts has mastered this year. He has not put it like think about the touchdowns against Minnesota, where he just put his shoulder down and drove himself into the end zone. And we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about Daniel Jones being anywhere in the league of the runner of Jalen Hurts. And again, I am not here to take shots at Daniel Jones. Obviously, he had an incredible season, right? They made the playoffs. They won a playoff game. He won a playoff game for him, like, as a major part of it for his team. He was incredible in that game against Minnesota. These are not shots at him. This is just disrespect for Jalen Hurts from a guy who's clearly got an agenda because he was so absolutely wrong about Jalen Hurts. He finds a way to stick his foot in the ground and try to, you know, tell everybody how right he is. Chris Sims sucks. He sucks. He absolutely sucks. I have no issue. If you want to be one of these jerk-offs that go on television and sprout your nonsense and shoot your mouth off and give opinions and give takes like everybody thinks that's supposed to do that's fine i don't care do it but when somebody proves you wrong be a damn man or be a you know a woman whoever it is gives that take own up and and tell everybody you know what i was wrong people take like you know what i mean we i look highly at people like that you want to give takes and i get it that's what your job actually promotes you to do give takes go for it but when somebody proves you wrong put your hand up and go you know what i was wrong that guy proved me wrong That's okay. People don't look at you negatively. If you take a take, you take a chance, and you're wrong, and you own it, people actually respect that. Go figure. This guy's a loser. He's a loser. He is an absolute loser. That's what he is. The fact that he is given a national platform is absolutely pathetic. I don't understand how any of his coworkers are okay with it. The guy who does that stupid podcast with or whatever was interviewing him is an absolute jerk-off, too. How you don't just call him on it call him on this absolute egregious bullshit blows my mind. And then another guy on ESPN, Bart Scott. By the way, another former football player. And guess what? He's an absolute idiot. He is. Jalen Hurts is not one of the three best quarterbacks in the league. Okay, fine, whatever. You don't think he's one of the three best quarterbacks. That's that's your call. Whatever. You can have your list. I don't agree, obviously. I think he's the best player in the NFL. But regardless, you have your three guys. But then to say that He's not a superstar, and the Eagles are going to regret paying him, essentially. Screw you, buddy. Just because you sucked as a football player, don't freaking start pushing things on guys that have nothing to do with your career. You sucked, and now you want to take shots at uh, Jalen Hurts? Go for it. Good. Add the fuel. Just add it. Add the fuel to the fire. That's all this is. That's all these idiots are doing when they shoot their mouth. Those two in particular, because they've had opinions about Jalen Hurts and they've been negative opinions from the beginning and they just can't get off their stupid soapboxes and own up and admit they were wrong. They were wrong. People would like to watch your shows, by the way, a little bit more if you would actually own up sometimes and say, hand up, I was wrong. That guy proved me wrong. It's okay. People will respect your takes a lot more because they'll know, hey, this guy's got accountability. If he's wrong, he's going to tell you, oh, I was wrong. Just like I will. I have no problem. Like I told everybody last week, if Jonathan Gannon has this defense that he played on Sunday or last Saturday against the Giants, that was an excellent scheme. If he rolls another excellent scheme out against San Francisco and we win, and then we roll an excellent scheme out against either Cincinnati or Kansas City in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, putting my damn hand up and I am thanking Jonathan Gannon. I will take every, I will own up that I was absolutely, completely wrong about him. And I'm hoping I do. 
Obviously, if we win the Super Bowl and he plays a part in it, obviously, I want to put my hand up and go, yes, I would gladly do We're going to win the Super Bowl? Um, absolutely. That's a no-doubter. But these idiots, you know what? Screw them. Screw them. Jalen Hurts is one of the best freaking people, by the way. He's, he's an incredible representation of the NFL. And these guys just want to take their pot shots because they got to stand on their soapboxes and just keep showing the world that they are absolute, complete morons. That's what they are. That's what they are. They are morons. Rant over. We're done talking about idiots, losers, pathetic people like that. Now, moving forward. Uh, obviously, this game... What's the health situation for the Eagles? Uh, we had 21 to 22 starters play against the Giants. Everybody came out of that game. Thankfully, all pretty much pretty good. A.J. Brown, there was a concern with. Turns out A.J. Brown's fine. Looks like more or less they're trying to say that he was pouting because he wasn't getting the ball. And if that's the case, so like that, whatever. I, I don't know why that would be an issue. We scored 38 points. Who cares? It's not about individual stats in the playoffs. It's about, you know, results. We won the game. And I would tell A.J. Brown this. If he really was upset, and again, I heard his comments this week. I'm not worried about A.J. Brown one single bit. But if he was, I'd sit there and go, trust me, my friend. We are going to absolutely 100% need you to win a Super Bowl. We are not winning a Super Bowl without A.J. Brown going off. That's the truth. And everybody knows it. We got away with one there on Sunday or Saturday night. That was great. We were able to just run the ball. It was a running backs game. That's all it was. An offensive line and running backs game. They just controlled the game. There was no need to throw the ball. Look, it's not like any of us or any of the receivers went off or tight end or anything. Nobody went nuts. Jalen didn't even throw for 200 yards. Didn't have to. 150. Because we were just able to run the ball. I mean, people will look negatively at Jalen Hurts because, oh, he didn't throw for 200 yards when, I mean, what are you going to do? The other team just won't stop the run. <laughs> so we're just going to keep dropping back. We scored 38 points. Clearly, it worked. The whole offense looks like they're good. Landon Dickerson was banged up. He's not even on the injury report. Um, the only two people on the injury report were uh, Lane Johnson, and he was a full participant, well, limited participant today in practice because he was coming off a rest, but he's good to go. And Avante Maddox, who was limited. His question, his status is going to be a question, kind of hinting towards he's possibly going to try to play. And here's my thing. I If Avante Maddox is close, I have no issues with him playing, obviously. He makes our team better when he plays because then Gardner Johnson could uh, slide back to safety. He's a ball hawk back there. But again, Reed Blankenship had an excellent game against this, uh, the Giants. So my thing is this. If Avante's available to play, I might start Blankenship and Gardner Johnson still and essentially keep Avante Maddox on ice unless we need him. You know what I mean? Like he's essentially breaking case of an emergency. It's better to have him dressed and have that as a situation because you don't want to have to, you know, if something happened, if somebody got hurt or, you know, whatever, and you'd rather Avante Maddox go in than Josiah Scott, clearly. Or if, like, Blankenship got banged up. And not that Kayvon Wallace, I thought he's played, uh, obviously, a lot better this season, but then Gardner Johnson could just slide back and Avante Maddox could go in. So that's what I'm doing here. Um, the injury front for the 49ers obviously didn't look as good. I mean, they had three guys on their offense that did not practice one being Jimmy Garoppolo because they didn't put him on IR but obviously he'd be just to be a backup quarterback but doesn't look like he's going to be available but Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are both did not practice today I mean I think you could pretty much guarantee they're both going to play but clearly their injuries the calf for um for McCaffrey and I think it's a groin for Mitchell they are clearly injuries 
Because, I mean, it's not like the, them not practicing at all is a good thing. They're not limited or anything. They are, did not practice. So they're clearly being put on ice till the game on Sunday. So it tells you that there's something there. And if you watch that game with the Cowboys, especially McCaffrey, I didn't see so much with Mitchell, but McCaffrey was stretching that calf out a lot, a lot, a lot. So that is definitely something to tamper in him. But again, he's going to play. I wouldn't be too worried about uh, the version of Christian McCaffrey. You're going to get the full version. But that's pretty much it in terms of who's going to be ready to play and all that. Um, we are going to pause here for a brief word from Anchor. When I come back, we are going to go over the game. We're going to go over what, what's going to happen, what the Eagles need to do, and I'm going to give you my prediction. But first, I do have a brief word here from Anchor. So isn't it weird how as much as things change, they remain the same? It's just so weird about, obviously, what's happened with this team in this playoff run. Um, think about this. Five years ago, we won the NFC Championship 38-7 to over Minnesota, right? We beat the uh, the Giants on Saturday night, 38-7. The NFC Championship game, the team coming into Philadelphia five years ago, Minnesota, they had the number one defense in the NFL. The team coming in this Sunday has the number one defense in the NFL. The team we played in the NFC Championship had their, I believe, third string quarterback playing for them. Really, their third option. Uh... What was it? Bridgewater? or like well, Who was their backup quarterback? I remember Bradford obviously got hurt. I don't know if Keenum, I think he might have been their third string. Regardless, a backup quarterback. San Francisco, uh, San Francisco comes in with their third string quarterback, Brock Purdy. Both of which, Keenum, who had played exceptional. And same thing with Brock Purdy, who's playing exceptional football. It's just weird how these things kind of just, you know, have all come full circle here. So what has to happen? How do the Eagles neutralize the San Francisco defense? And then how do they neutralize the San Francisco offense? So let's start with their defense. Um, Nick Bosa obviously is as good a pass rusher as there is in the NFL. The rest of their defensive line is solid, but they are not quote-unquote, sack machines, you know? They, nobody puts up number. I think Bosa had, what, 18 sacks? I think the next person on the Niners had maybe six or less. It was nothing crazy. Nobody had more than seven. So, um, obviously, it's not the, the front that the Eagles have in terms of guys that can individually produce sacks. But again, sacks, as good... Uh, I'm not one of those guys who likes pressures, but I'm talking legitimate pressures. The 49ers get legitimate pressure on the quarterback, and they do that because D'Amico Ryans is an excellent defensive coordinator, and he knows how to disguise his fronts. Um, they are a heavy zone team. They were very heavy zone against the Cowboys, played at about 95% of the time. They will blitz. They're not a heavy blitz team. But again, D'Amico's not just going in this going, hey, I'm going to generic game plan here. Like, he schemes it for the team they play. So if they find something on the Eagles, they're going to stick with it. That's what they're going to use this week. They have a lot of athletes. But again, I look at their secondary and I go, their secondary is gettable. We got Lenore last year. You know, Jahavius Ward, um, Deshaun Gibson's their safety, Tufalongo, the other safety. I mean, good players, by the way, all good players. But the Eagles can find ways to get the ball down the field. C.D. Lamb went nuts against the D.K. Metcalf, obviously, in this playoff so far. That's two receivers. That's A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown can get the ball in this game, and A.J. Brown's going to be a serious factor. Now, in the middle, they have an absolutely exceptional 
linebacker. Maybe the best in the entire NFL in Fred Warner. Greenlaw is obviously good at linebacker. Um, they're good. They're not the number one defense by mistake. But again, Kansas City got them for 40-plus points. Since then, they've won 12 in a row, so that should tell you another thing. They're also really good. That You don't just by accident win 12 games in a row. Like, this is a really damn good team. They're not here by mistake. But again, I look at their defense and I go, there are ways we could beat them. We can, if Lane Johnson is healthy and Jordan Mailata play good and they can neutralize Nick Bosa, that gives us a really good chance. We want them to have to blitz because that could open up things for our receivers and give them one-on-ones. That's what we want. Jalen Hurts has been excellent this season throwing the ball from in the pocket. He's been excellent against the blitz. It just plays into our favor. And again, if they're blitzing, that means they're going to be in a lot more man coverage. And I don't envision that. I think they're going to try to play zone. They're going to try to disguise it. They're definitely going to try to disguise it. But guess what? Remember last year, that, that big clip with the, the Buccaneers? He can't read defenses? Uh, yeah, well, guess what? The quarterback now, he can read defenses all right. He knows what he's doing. Now with their offense, um, with Purdy, Purdy is a habit of escaping the pocket back into the left. And, again, here's a spoiler. He could play. I'm not a big fan of this whole thing, too, with he's a system quarterback. What the hell does that mean, he's a system quarterback? Everybody is a system quarterback. Every single quarterback is a system quarterback. Like, can you imagine if, uh, let's just say, Cincinnati was running a triple option with Joe Burrow? No, they have a system set up in place because they cater to Joe Burrow's strengths. He's a system quarterback. And that's not a negative thing. That's that's a compliment to their coaching staff. That's what good coaching staffs do. They put a system in place that you can succeed in. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, all system quarterbacks. But Brock Purdy could play. Now here's the thing. He's played on the road a couple times. Vegas. It was a very close game with the Raiders. Now again... How much were the 49ers kind of like, oh, yeah, we're not too concerned about the Raiders. Their offense played good, obviously. It was their defense that failed them in that game. But the 49ers, because that was the game where Jared Stidham got his first start. You know, let's call a spade a spade. They may have just taken the game for granted, and uh, they got a nice wake-up call there. But, I mean, Seattle on the road on a Thursday night, that's what they're kind of judging as their test because from when Purdy went in, they really haven't had to go on the road and get any big tests with him at quarterback. They've won every game he's played. That's a big deal. But the, the this is a big deal coming to Philadelphia. The environment is a big deal. I was there Saturday night. That place was electric. And now you're going to tell me for a playoff game, what do we got? This thing's going to be tenfold. For a chance to go to the Super Bowl, like that's what it is. This ain't a playoff game anymore. Now it's a chance to go to the Super Bowl. This thing's going to be tenfold. I'm just sitting here and I'm going like, I'm not one of those guys who wants to sit there and say, hey, you know what? It's Brock Purdy. We're gonna, we're just going to get him. That's not how it works. I'm not of that belief either. I, I think you're going to obviously have to do some things to get at Brock, uh, Brock Purdy. But again, I'm also of the belief the Eagles can do this. I, I would hope that Jonathan Gannon plays our receivers up our receivers, our cornerbacks up because they're a team that likes to run a lot of screens, especially to the wide receiver. They use the quick passing game. I'd want to be up. 
try to take that away. They like to leak their running back out, McCaffrey, get him in quick screens, their wide receivers quick screens, Debo, obviously, they get the ball into Debo Samuel's hands a lot. They find ways to do it, whether it's out of the backfield on a screen, down the field, they get him the ball. IU can play. You know, Jennings, they have guys that could play at wide receiver. And then clearly, George Kittle has been much of a resurgence for George Kittle, with especially with Brock Purdy. You know what Kittle's really good at? Over the middle. What is it, last two games against the Eagles, throwing the ball to him? They're like 19 for 19 or something. It's ridiculous. And the middle of our defense has been a problem. But again, I don't want to play our corners back off the receivers and give them the screen. But that's what your safeties are there for. And you got to trust your receiver or your corners. We have James Bradbury and Darius Slay. I mean, more attention is going to have to be paid to the middle of the field. Like cover one robber or defenses like that, where you have a safety essentially sitting there and you have one high. It's things like that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to make some adjustments because they have a game changer at tight end. If Jonathan Gannon coaches and calls defense in a similar fashion to the way he did on Saturday, the interception got off a blitz. You know what I mean? If he's aggressive, selectively aggressive, and disguises, disguises especially, I'm telling you this right now, the Eagles are going to win this game by two scores. They're going to win by 14 or more. I, I truthfully believe they are going to win the game. I believe Jonathan Gannon is going to show up uh, and have a great game plan here, and I think the Eagles are going to win this game by 14 or more. I think Jalen Hurts is going to play exceptional. Exceptional. This is the best team in football. They have the best player in football. And they are ready for this moment. I have no fear whatsoever of this game because I believe in this team. And again, that is not a slight to the San Francisco 49ers. They are an incredible team. They have earned the right to be here. They This is by no accident they're here. This is their third time in this game in four years. They are freaking an exceptional team. The Eagles are the best team in football. And they have the best player. Philadelphia, 34. San Francisco, 17. One win away from the Super Bowl. At home, take care of business. And guess what? They're going to do just that. I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy. Oh, yeah, 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 before we go, before we go, the awards were announced this week. And it, I, it would be ignorant of me not to talk about it. Again, I, we talked about individual player at the beginning of the show. Might as well just finish with this. The individual uh, NFL awards were announced and the, the candidates for each award. So Nick Sirianni was one of the five nominated for Coach of the Year, but it turns out it's only going to be three, and he was not in the top three. Whatever. I mean, what I, that's egregious to me because Brian Dayball's on there, but it's like, <laughs> you know, we, we had nine wins and went to 14 in the best team in the NFL, but whatever. I think Sirianni's done an excellent job. It's Dayball, Peterson, and Shanahan, ironically. Uh, cool. What Again, I, that's not really a big deal, and, and trust me, 
I know that these guys, like, they don't, they say they don't care. I'm sure they care a little bit. But really, Sirianni cares about winning the Super Bowl. That's really what matters. No, can you tell me who the coach of the year was? The, the year the Eagles? Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Um, now, for comeback player of the year, it's something egregious happened there. Uh, Brandon Graham not getting nominated for comeback player of the year is absolutely out of control. He is 34 years old, coming off a torn Achilles, and he had his most sacks in his career. 11 sacks this season. Playing limited time, by the way. On the Comeback Player of the Year award, the, the candidates were Geno Smith, who's not come back from anything. He was just benched. Christian McCaffrey, who did come back from an injury, okay. And then Saquon Barkley, who missed three games last year. What are we doing? Again, I get it. It's still a comeback. He got hurt, but... Point being here is, and again, that's fine with him. Brandon Graham should have been on the list because Brandon Graham is the comeback player of the year. Defensive player of the year, no Hassan Reddick. It was Chandler Jones, Micah Parsons, and Nick Bosa. And again, all three of those guys, very well deserving. But it's a shame because I think Hassan Reddick definitely deserves more credit and deserves to be more in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And then for MVP, Jalen Hurts is one of the candidates for MVP as he should be. The five candidates were Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, and Jalen Hurts. But again, a lot of people feeling like, hey, there, there's some shots there taken at the end. And again, there are. We have no issues here. And I might have been missing an award, whatever. But the point being here is definitely, again, it's all fuel. It's all fueled to the fire. Anything to motivate this team. Anything to make this team believe they're getting slighted. That's what we want. They, With that chip on their shoulder, nobody plays better than the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, they're going to win this game on Sunday, and they're going to win by 14 or more. I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go. 